0: All right, we are broadcasting now on YouTube. I'm going to get that link to send to you, Doctor Fuller, so you can okay. uh, send it out to uh, your Facebook friends while we're doing this. But uh, in the meantime, while I'm hunting that down, uh, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Good to be with you today.
0: Good. Um, how's everything? I know you know we did those interviews yes, but, uh, now, in the meantime uh, while uh, I'm hunting that down. A couple months down, ago. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, oh, I'm doing so well. Good to we be can with you. I hear myself t- echo. I always love that. All right, I'm sending you right now the um the link here uh so we did those interviews a couple uh months ago now and since then i know a lot of people um have become fans of yours they they're interested in this project that you're part of this theology classroom thing and uh so they've they've um they've started finding out about you some of them probably didn't know about you before and uh so the first question i just want to ask because so many people care about you and your family Um, Has the Lord provided for you this summer with not receiving uh, the pay that you would have normally received? Um, How are things in that department?
1: I tell you, the Lord has been very gracious to us. Uh, When we lost our job, we only had uh, 30 days worth of pay unless I would have signed a non-disclosure agreement. But, um, you know, for the past years at Southern Seminary, I've been uh, tr- from within, trying to um, guide the administration to go in a different direction than it's going, been trying to point out some of the false teachers that we that they had at Southern Seminary. Of course, that didn't go over well, and uh, so they did gave me a 30-day notice. But obviously, I wasn't going to be quiet at that point. I mean, I'd, if I was going to be quiet, I'd never said anything at Southern Seminary, but I uh, And now that they let me go, I was going to, uh, you know, be public about it since I was, again, uh, making those statements uh, behind the scenes for for years. And uh, what's happened is the Lord has really taken care of us um, through a GoFundMe account. Many folks out there generously gave uh, to me and to also to Jim Oric, And I know we're both very appreciative of what, uh, again, many people uh, did giving us, uh, uh, funding us through that GoFundMe account. And I really appreciate it. It uh, was tremendously helpful to us. Good. And, um, you know, we're going to start a new um, endeavor in life coming up. And I know we're going to discuss that today, and I'm looking forward to it. But I'm telling you, the Lord has supplied abundantly uh, we praise Him for all that He's done, and we're just going to rely on the Lord, and uh, we, we, we know the Lord will take care of us, and He always has for 60 years, and we have confidence that He's going to take care of us, you know, the rest of our days here on this earth, and I'm hoping that, uh, that we're in the Lord's will in this new endeavor, and that uh, we will be, uh, again, the Lord will be pleased to bless this new endeavor.
0: Good. Well, I'm excited about it, and uh, I know we've talked a few times since we met and did our interviews a few months ago and um, it looks like for a variety of reasons the model that you're going with for seminary education uh, might be the model that survives (laughs) especially if we get uh, a democrat in the white house and the hate crimes legislation etc really cracks down on divinity schools uh, that have tried to remain true to the scripture and um and so uh, I want to just ask you, first of all, what's the model? What What are you doing this semester? And then what's your vision for uh, coming semesters?
1: Yeah, what I'm going to do this semester is I'm going to teach five courses on Zoom. And of course, that'll be I'll be teaching live on Zoom. And uh, the courses I'm going to teach are like an Old Testament survey, one class that covers from like Genesis through uh, Esther. Then I'm going to teach a Jeremiah class. And then I'm going to teach three Hebrew classes. I'm going to teach the elementary Hebrew class. Uh, So it'll be like a a first half of a biblical Hebrew grammar. And by the way, so far, that's the class that's the most popular, which is rather surprising to me. But right now, by far, that's the most popular class. Then I'm going to teach an advanced uh, Hebrew syntax class in there, we will actually compose biblical Hebrew and then speak it. And so uh, I look forward to that class. That's what, I've always been one of my favorite classes. It's uh, again, we do composition in there. And then I'm going to do another advanced Hebrew class where we go to the book of Jeremiah, looking at the Hebrew very closely. Good. Now, uh, this is a different model. As you say, this is not a brick and mortar school. This is uh, this is just a Zoom uh, seminary, as it were. And uh, we're going to see where this goes. And so far I've been um, very excited about how many people have signed up and I'm hoping in the future and perhaps even this coming winter to expand the course offerings, uh, get some, uh, some friends to come alongside of me to teach courses as well, perhaps. And uh, we can expand to old Testament, new Testament and theology. That's the core that we'd really like to teach. And by doing it this way, John, I think this is what's important. First of all, uh, we, we want this to be as orthodox and faithful to biblical teaching as possible. That's uh, number one, that our teachings be as faithful to the scriptures as we possibly can. And so that's going to be our endeavor to, um, as we interpret scripture, again, my it's not my method, but it's one that's been used for, by uh, Christians down through the centuries. Like when we look at Jeremiah, we're going to look at other passages of Scripture that comment on Jeremiah. So if you think of the like uh, the New Covenant, well, the New Testament says a whole lot about that New Covenant and how they're interpreting Jeremiah in, in the New Covenant and so forth. So we want Scripture to interpret Scripture as much as possible. And I think when we do that, we're on firm ground of good interpretation. So if Paul tells us that Adam was the first man and so forth, we believe that. And we go, yeah. And we let so, Paul, this
0: revolutionary idea of just believing the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay,
1: <laughs> we're, we're we're trying to just go back to the fundamentals, to be quite honest with you. I mean, just the absolute fundamentals. And so, again, if if another part of the Bible comments on Genesis one, we take it as what that other part of Scripture says. That's to me, that's letting Scripture interpret Scripture. That's the best method of interpretation. And so, that's what yeah. we're going to try to do as much as we can. And, um, uh, again, the great thing is we can, uh, we can deliver this, um, teaching of scripture at a very affordable rate. Uh, what we're charging is $250 for one class. That's not a credit hour in most seminaries out there. That would be for a credit hour. Uh, I know most of your major seminaries, you're looking at thousand dollars or much more for one class well, we're going to offer it for $250. If you want to take more than one class $500, you can take up to five classes with me for just $500. So by doing it through zoom, and uh, the way we're doing it, you don't have to relocate, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And again, we're going to try to make this as affordable. And we really want this available to everyone out there. Now, again, my primary audience, that I'm really looking for are people who want to do ministry, who want to pastor a church, teach Sunday school, or just laymen who really want to know more about the Word of God. My target audience is not the academy. Now, yeah, if you want to if you want to take the Hebrew and I want to offer Greek coming up and so forth, yes, I mean, that'll work in the academy as well, but my primary audience is really ministry and doing the work of the ministry in churches, so training pastors Training Sunday school teachers. Uh, this is where my heart really is. And again, not training people to give a paper at a scholarly conference. That's not my goal. That's not what I'm out to do. But thank uh, God for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah. And so again, ministry is what it's about.
0: Yeah, I wanted to just um, point people to your website. Where can people go if they want to sign up for your uh, the courses that you just described?
1: Yes, I have a website, and uh, it's a new website, and I tell you what.
0: You can't I, remember been, the name I, of it, can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it's
1: long. It's not a normal website right now, okay. but it is a website. I tell you what to do. If, uh, if your uh, listeners would contact me either on my Facebook page, from there I can direct you to my website, or if you email me at r t f f u l l e r. So that's Russell Thomas and then double the F for Fuller and then the word Fuller uh, at gmail.com. If you'll contact me, I'll put you in, I'll let you, I'll be able to send you a link, which is very long to my um, uh, website. I'm going to change that coming up. So uh, hopefully in a few months, I'll have a normal looking website right now. It's very difficult because Facebook when they when I put my uh, website on Facebook, they think it's spam, so they keep kicking it out. So
0: I noticed. Don't that. worry.
1: In the next month or two, uh, I'll have a better domain that will be able to pass uh, Facebook mustard, and I'll even be able to tell you what it is, and you can go to it very simply.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. Actually, I just was trying to send it to myself because I, w- I was going to put it in channel, and it won't even let me send it to myself on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it is, I'll, I'll read it. It's, it's russellfuller.com.s3 <laughs> and then it's uh dash website dash us dash east dash one dot amazon aws.com. Why in the world do you have such a long domain name? Is that, was that just the, uh, the, I don't know, um, service that you went with or, that's-
1: yeah. The, the reason why is because we wanted to, you know, this is a new endeavor and mm-hmm. we didn't know what kind of response we would get. We're getting a response far beyond what I expected. And therefore, what we did is we went with, uh, we went with an Amazon, so it's on their servers, on the Amazon servers. And it's free. I don't have to pay a monthly fee or anything. But what we're going to have to do is switch it over to uh, a, a different uh, domain, uh, okay. domain website in order to uh, be able to share it uh, in a way that people will be able to write it down without uh, what's going on here. So So, we did it in order to cut cost, but we're gonna have to uh, change that very soon. Yeah,
0: so I did put it now, it's in the uh, channel. If you guys wanna check out uh, Russell Fuller's website where you can sign up for the courses um, on Hebrew, on interpreting uh, certain Old Testament books, you can uh, go to the website, it's right there in channel if you're watching right now. Uh, Dr. Fuller, I wanted to uh, talk to you specifically today about the future of seminary education and what we want to weave kind of your what you're doing into this. But I see an issue uh, moving forward, actually a few issues. Um, One of them is churches are splitting right now all across the country. And I'm getting emails almost daily uh, from people, um, sometimes multiple times a day, where they're asking my advice and my church is splitting and or, or I'm, I need to leave my church. I've been a deacon there 20 years. Can you give me advice on how to write the letter I need to write or on how to navigate discussions I have to navigate? And um, at this point, I i am telling people, unless you have like a really specific question, I can't even meet the demand because the volume is so high. And I, I was looking at a news story the other day, which um, it, essentially it was a poll that essentially said a third of the people during COVID are streaming other services other than the church that they were attending before COVID uh, restrictions. And then another third are just not doing anything. They left church, church went live stream, right? And they're just not live streaming it. They're not doing anything. And that's huge. That's two thirds. Mm -hmm. And I I know um, the church that I go to right now, uh, it did shut down for, I want to say, probably a month and a half, uh, six weeks, something like that. And it, it just was doing live stream. And um, the, the, the interesting thing to me, though, is that there's a lot of visitors now coming to the church because there's other churches right now. They're still shut down. <laughs> so they're they're just trying to find a place um, that will meet. And and so uh, so so it's, it's really reconfiguring the deck right now. Uh, and so it's, it's a massive social upheaval. You have these protests. Uh, these and there riots, a lot of them that are going on at the same time as this. Pastors are you know, doing lament sessions and pro Black Lives Matter sermons, and so laymen who aren't even at church are getting these live streams. And now you know they they're not even so sure they want to go back to their church. So it's it's a um it's a it, it, in some ways it's a horrible situation. But you and I both know God is in control, and God knew this was coming. God uh, obviously he he has his decree; he planned this in a certain uh, sense and. Um, He has his own purposes, and so we just want to be faithful to him in this, and that's what you're doing. And so as we see um, the massive disruption in the church, uh, as we see the massive disruption at seminaries, where seminaries—I don't even hardly know what—you know, there's like a really small handful of seminaries I can even recommend to people when they ask me, where should I go— We see hate crimes legislation. I mean, the the Supreme Court already has done that without legislation, really. Uh, That's gonna be cracking down on schools, especially if we get a Democrat administration. There's all these barriers that were not there just a year ago that are starting to um, form. And the need, in my opinion, um, is we need men who aren't the ivory tower types, who are willing to get their hands dirty in ministry, but they know the word of God, they don't want to go to some program that's three or four years um, and have to, you know, take their their whole life with them to this other part of the country necessarily. They're they're working jobs. They don't have time for all that. But they're faithful. They want to know the Scripture. Want to be faithful at the church they're in. And now we got guys that need to plant churches because there's nothing in their community because uh, they've either you know gone you know whatever the government says they're going to do it or they're pro Black Lives Matter or whatever the case may be. There's just there aren't options and. Um, and so, um, all that, I know I'm monologuing right now, but I'm, I just want to set this up for you to really take this away. Um, we need education for pastors, potential pastors, future pastors, people right now who are listening who might not even think that they would ever be a pastor, but because there are no leaders um, in, in some of these small communities and some big communities now. Uh, they're the ones that are going to step up and my dad always told me you know the one who leads isn't the one with the title it's the one who actually leads that's the leader and we're going to start seeing i think electricians and farmers and guys who you know weren't going to be going to seminary lawyers etc they're going to they're going to be leading they're going to be taking whatever the remnant is in their community that wants solid biblical preaching uh obedience to the commands of scripture and they're going to be forming churches and, and they, they need, I think, what you are providing. And so please talk to me, talk to the audience about the future of seminary. What kinds of ideas? I mean, I you don't have everything I know planned out in full detail, but just give us the vision. What would you like to see happen if this thing grows, which it is growing right now?
1: Right. If this thing were to uh, continue to grow, as I said, I'd like to expand my course offerings so that it can again especially get the core of old testament new testament and theology and so forth but we want to be an alternative to the uh, seminaries out there right now many of the established seminaries matter of fact almost all of them that i know are uh heading in in a very uh, concerning direction shall we say right now i know in the southern baptist convention of which i'm a part Uh, all the seminaries, I think, have serious problems. And the one that I taught at at Southern, and if you look at Southeastern in particular, these seminaries are going through some very uh, uh, trying times when it comes to some of their teachings. Their teachings are, again, are not consistent with God's word. They're more consistent with what's going on in the spirit of our age. And again, uh, you mentioned how our churches are being split along the lines of some of the social justice issues. Uh, This is going on in our churches. This is going on in the seminary. Um, It's going on throughout all society right now. And so what I'm trying to do is offer an alternative to this. We're going to try to, again, get back to the basics, to the real fundamentals of the faith, as opposed to being, you know, blown about by every wind of doctrine. And right now, the social justice stuff. Uh, John, it's so bad in Louisville. I'm, I'm in Louisville talking to you. Uh, There's churches who are putting pressure on my church to throw me out and so forth. I've gotten letters from churches here in town, uh, basically, you know, uh, telling me that what I'm doing is uh, evil and wrong in the sense of uh, uh, going after these false teachers at Southern. And of course, they're on the pastor staff of these churches. So I'm getting uh, from the churches, uh, you can see there's there's Trouble going on in our churches, and here in Louisville, I know of churches where there's people leaving churches. There's people, you know, wanting to basically almost split a church over these very issues. And so, I, I think again, we we must get back to the fundamentals of Scripture and not let the spirit of the age direct our thinking. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, we've got a real problem here. And I'd like again, I think. You're right. I think what you're going to see is that the that the real sheep of the Lord, they hear the voice of the Lord. And when they hear this new doctrine, they may not be able to give you chapter and verse why they disagree with it, but they know that's not the shepherd's voice. And so when they hear the social justice gospel being preached and things like this, uh, the true sheep, the true people of God, when they hear that, they know there's something yeah. wrong with it.
0: They don't know what a hermeneutical spiral is or reader response <laughs> yeah. method, but they just know, wait a minute, why are we interpreting this through a quote unquote lens? Why Why yeah. are we you know, going to all these other sources to find out what God's word says?
1: That's exactly um, right. They, they know that's not the shepherd's voice. They right. know that. And it's because they have the Holy Spirit within them. As John would say in First John, you have no need anyone to teach you. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and he teaches you all things, you see. And so if we have the Holy Spirit within us, we're going to uh, recognize that this uh, new gospel that's being preached, well, it's not new, it's old, but it's a different gospel.
0: Repackaged different, gospel, yeah.
1: It's one to be, uh, again, accursed, according to the, the Apostle Paul. And uh, so, again, I think the real sheep, when they hear the sound of this new gospel, they know it's not the real, it's not the voice of the shepherd. And so, uh, that's, that's, what's good. You know, John, even though we're going through difficult times, let me just say this, i tell you what, we're really can see now the wheat and the tares in the churches you see, and not all splits are bad when it's over the truth. I mean, if we're splitting over, uh, things that are not really essential to, um, church fellowship and to pleasing the Lord, that's one thing. But if we're splitting over the the, the true gospel and what the true gospel is, uh, that's not necessarily a negative, that's a positive. And again, we, and and i tell you what, there's many good people right now who are being taken by this. But again, I believe they have the Holy Spirit within them, the Lord's going to lead them back. And I, I would tell them to really listen to what's being preached. And if you're hearing the social gospel in your church, you need to look for another church and yeah. you're right this live streaming that we've had people are seeing what other churches are preaching especially if they're preaching the true gospel and they're going to go there
0: yeah no very very good word uh for those who aren't familiar who are just tuning in right now we have dr russell fuller uh who was uh, i guess you worked for over 20 years at the southern baptist theological seminary wrote the textbook on hebrew um brilliant man who was um, let go this past year and um for really more political reasons, it seems like, and so uh, Dr. Fuller is starting his own uh, theology classroom online to give seminary level education to laymen people who uh, normally maybe wouldn't need, be able to take advantage of that. And uh, and and you know, we were just talking about this <clears throat> new gospel. I'm surprised how m- well, not anymore, but I was. <laughs> how many times when I start digging into some of these quote unquote evangelical teachers who are on the social justice bandwagon they it's almost like they can't help themselves they must attach the gospel somehow to their social justice message and and so the, what they do is they conflate uh works really w- which are the traditions of men they're not even biblical it's not even a biblical ethic but they take these works that you're supposed to do if you're for social justice and they'll tie that to the gospel eric mason did it just last sunday that reparations is somehow part of the message of the gospel it's an outworking of the gospel it's and and they're taking grace and they're mixing it with works. This is this is a horrible thing, but it's happening under our nose. And so many of the men that we've looked up to aren't doing anything about it. And uh, Dr. Fuller, you are to be commended for sounding the alarm on this, for providing an alternative. I want to ask you about this alternative. Um, there's a lot of questions already coming in, but. I'm going to ask you some, because I'm I'm the host, so I get to ask you the questions I want to ask first. And the the first question is, what about certificate programs? Uh, I know it's your first semester, and Mm -hmm. you just have a few classes that you're teaching, but have you thought about maybe the next semester or next year, if this thing takes off, which it is, could you add on more professors? Would you add in maybe different certificate levels so that uh, even though it's not accredited in the traditional sense, You know, the the farmer who's, you know, listening to lectures, doing the homework at night, uh, gets through, you know, a certain amount of coursework. He gets to have a little certificate that says, this is what I've accomplished. And he can take that to a church and say, here's my education.
1: Yeah, we would like to look into that, look at some type of uh, certification. And like you say, there are probably different levels of certification, uh, whether you worked on the languages or not, for instance, that would be a good one. Now, John, as a part of the way I'm doing this, it is a very different model than uh, what I've done in the past. In these classes, we're not going to have homework. We're not going to have assigned homework. Let me put it that way to you. We're not. I'm not going to give tests. These are what we call audit classes. So you won't be taking tests or anything like this. But I mean, if you take a Hebrew class, if you want to learn the Hebrew, you've really got to do the work. And when you're listening to lectures and so forth, whether it's on the Old Testament or New Testament, whatever we do, obviously you want to learn this. And and these classes are for motivated self-learners. That's what it's about. And we can give you the same material that uh, any accredited institution will give you. We're gonna give you the same information. And uh, over time, as we work with you more and more, you know, we're gonna know what you've been doing. And you're not gonna sign up and pay money and do nothing in a course. If a person comes, puts down $250, it's not simply to be entertained. They want to learn. And so it's really a different model. I'm not gonna call on anybody in class, you know, this this is a different this and we're not gonna write papers in here.
0: Can they ask questions of you? Can they interact a little bit? Yeah,
1: we're gonna have an interaction. And uh, in in different classes, it's going to work differently. Like, for instance, when I'm planning for my Hebrew class, my first semester Hebrew class, is that uh, you'll take it, it'll be a 50 minute class twice a week. And then right after that class, about 10 minutes later, you're going to go into another class where guys will look at your work, answer your questions and so forth. It'll be much more and you'll be in smaller groups and they'll be able to go through the proper steps to do problems to uh, to work in uh, Hebrew we, we turn Hebrew almost into mathematics in some ways but I shouldn't have said that that's going to scare people but in other words what I'm saying is the way we'd like to do a language is more rational than just pure memorization and mm. so there's certain reasonable steps that we want you to go through and so again we'll have guys be working with you on a more personal level in other classes we're going to do it a little bit different. And how we do interaction but yeah there's going to be plenty of interaction and i'm probably once a week going to have zoom office hours where you can come in we can talk about whatever we need to talk about um okay. and different issues so, so we're
0: on the ground floor right now if you're interested in becoming part of this you can you can get in while, while it's fresh while it's new and right. you can you know years later you can say i was there when <laughs> russell fuller started his uh, theology classroom um, what about other professors? Uh, I, obviously, you, I mean, maybe you can, uh, but I wouldn't think that you'd feel competent in teaching every single course that normal seminaries uh, offer. And, and even if you were, you don't have the time. Are you thinking of if this thing is successful, which it sounds like it very much is with the, the amount of students that are signing up, are you going to invite some other professors perhaps to come along that share your beliefs?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, I've got a few in mind. I don't want to uh, give any names out right now. But yes, I've got some and I'm pretty sure uh, we can get some other folks to help us out. Already, I've gotten uh, a a lot of volunteers to help me for Hebrew class. And uh, again, they're coming in, they just want to, they know what I do, they know how I teach, and they're excited about it, they want to be a part of it. And again, down the road, I like to see some of these guys, uh, you know, teaching, especially the languages uh, for me, and I can teach other things. But yeah, I can't teach at the most, I can teach about five courses a semester. And I'd like to have a a wider offering. And uh, for that, I'm going to need some help. And I I know some guys out there who've been very faithful in their views. I know some guys who've lost their jobs as well Hmm. uh, for being faithful to the Word of God. And those are the kind of guys I'm looking for.
0: Good. Yeah, that's very good to hear. Um, I know we've talked about this. I haven't uh, shared this as much with my audience, but uh, there's a project that's in the works right now. I'm not going to give all the details on it. But essentially, we're looking at trying to network um, people. That Basically, the, the people that have recently uh, been, their lives have been turned upside down because the church they've been attending 20 years is not orthodox anymore. And now they're trying to look for other churches or start their own church. And we want to network these people because... Uh, right now, especially with COVID, especially sitting at at your house for so long and there's no events, uh, you can feel pretty lonely if all you're you know, turning on is the news and you're seeing riots and you feel alone in your beliefs, perhaps. But um, we'd like to network people. You know, Maybe there's 10 people in your community or 50 people or more that sh- they have the same concern. Maybe they've even signed on to the Dallas Statement on social justice and uh, they're in the same spot. You, you have a church right there. And so... Um, one of the things I know we've talked about is coming up with an alternative to go around the institutions uh, to um, just connect people so that they can be the alternative in their community uh, where there's faithful preaching and um, and you know the, the true gospel, the Holy Spirit uh, and so um, so that being said, uh, your project can you know things keep going the way they're going can really fit nicely into that having, People who have some level of training have some level of certification that can say, "Yeah, you know what? I I, I think I can I can do preaching. I, I can preach at this church. I can be an elder uh, at at this church. We can plant something here, giving them that confidence." And and so I th- this isn't an accident that these things are happening at the same time. The Lord, um, I think the Lord is behind this and. So anyway, um, all have to say, I'm excited for what you're doing. I want to ask you a few questions uh, that are coming in now from, from audience members, and then um, and you can take them any direction you'd like to take them. Some of them are pretty good here. Um, one is, and this is a good question, what checks and balances will be put in place for the future to help protect your institution? And uh, I don't know if you even want to say that you have an institution yet, but if this thing yeah, keeps that's... growing, what kind of checks would you want to put in place?
1: Right, Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, What I'm gonna do is I do wanna put a board together and uh, of guys that I know that are very godly men. And that, the one thing I don't want is a bunch of yes men. That's a lot of the guys that uh, I have that are friends of mine, they're very strong people and they've got very strong views. And uh, when they disagree with me, they just tell me straight up. And so I want a very strong board. Of, of, of different people, and uh, so that's one thing. But let, let me um, also, you know, as you hear me teach, you, you'll again. I think you will know. Hey, if this is not for me, you can you can go somewhere else very easily. And so, obviously, my students will be the ones that ultimately will be testing what I've been saying. But even my board members will be able to watch any class at any time to see what's being taught, not just by me but by others. But let me just be honest with you. If you look at uh, all organizations down through the years, there's a tendency to, to go away. And whatever uh, institution, whatever, if you look at things like um, revivals, you know, revivals will have a certain time and then sometimes they go bad as well. Think of the Apostle Paul in Acts 20 when he is talking to the Ephesian elders. You know, here's a church that he was directly involved with, and yet he says when I leave wolves are going to come from the midst of you. If apostolic churches are going to have this problem, you better believe my organization and other organizations, what it takes is constant vigilance. And you can see in the Southern Baptist Convention, there was a conservative resurgence but we did not stay vigilant. We just didn't. And we assumed the battle was won and the battle's never won. And it's, you're constantly looking for uh, problems to, that'll crop up and they will. And listen, uh, my organization is, if it becomes an organization is not going to be perfect. And it's going to need constant uh, inspection. And again, if the apostles And their churches, their candlesticks had to be removed. Let me tell (laughs) you, we're going to have to keep a constant watch. And, you know, I fear that sooner or later it'll go bad as well. Absolutely. And that's that's a great question. And, you know, if you look at, let me just say one thing about like Southern Seminary. You know, they have a trustee board, they have donors, they have all these things. And I don't blame the system. It's not the system per se. We, we like to blame systems today, you know, <laughs> systemic this, systemic that. That's right. Ultimately, it's always the people. It's the people. It's not the systems. It's the people.
0: The personnel and is policy, right?
1: It really is. And if, we, if we're not all diligent, and i tell you what happens. What happens is things like friendship comes in. And we become friends with a guy and he gets a little off in his theology, but you know, he's our friend. We'll bring him back around. Don't worry. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned, friendship trumps theology 10 out of 10 times. That's exactly what happens. And so friendship also, you don't want to lose your job. <laughs> you like your status as a professor at a major uh, seminary. You know, these are the sort of the reasons why we don't, uh, uh, do what we're supposed to do, you know, just let it go. Things aren't as bad as we think they are. It's interesting, though, the, some of the people who would tell me privately at Southern Seminary, oh, things are going terrible. Now they're the ones going, well, there's no problem here. There's none at yeah, all. No, I, know. I mean, it's it's really sad.
0: I, I've seen some things even this last week that just, <laughs> I'm just shaking my head a bit. Um, I, yeah. I call it institutionalism when someone will defend in their minds, that's what they're doing. At least they're—they're they're not really defending the institution if it's caving. They're—they're they're supporting uh, a hostile takeover, but they—they they think they're defending their institution, and they'll do that. But you know, outside you know any kind of critique of their institution, they'll fight all day long. But when it comes to affecting their paycheck, um, you know they. <laughs> <laughs> they're there. You can't count on them. Um, their no. job depends on them not understanding the fact that there's heresy going on or false. Oh, yeah. So. You
1: know, they'll, they'll say, you know, there's professors at Southern now who'll come out strongly against uh, social justice, critical race theory. But if you were to ask the question, well, is Matt Hall, did he teach critical race theory so, Oh, no, of course not. I mean, yeah, that's. They can con- they'll condemn it in the abstract.
0: Well, there's actually, you know, yeah. okay, we're, we're on this rabbit shell right now. I'm going to bring it back to, to what you're doing. But because <laughs> we're on this and, and we've talked about it, I, was, I just want to mention, um, I did see that there's some Southern Baptists now, even at Southern Seminary, people who are so against you. Uh, one person in particular who called you essentially the devil, you're the adversary, who lies right. and blah, 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 that kind of thing. And now uh, recommending James Lindsay's new book, Cynical yeah. Theories. <laughs> and I pointed out yesterday on my social media uh, accounts that James Lindsay, I put a long list together. James Lindsay has gone after Resolution 9 multiple times, the Southern Baptist Convention, Jarvis Williams, Danny Aiken, uh, Beth Moore, uh, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, if I didn't mention it, Resolution 9, I think I did. So he's no. James Lindsay, you know, he's not a Christian, but he's, you know, he, he knows about critical theory. He's gone after the Southern Baptist like you would not believe. And yet now he's very popular in the world. And so you see you see guys who, you know, said you were a liar and all these things. Well, they're they're recommending someone, James Lindsay, who's saying the same things you were saying. So it's just the politics of it. I think I know it makes people sick. And um, and I know that some of that's unavoidable. Humans can become that way well this is
1: part of the deception though yeah this is to give the impression that southern seminary is not infected with this stuff so it's really part of the deception just like their rebuttal videos of me uh notice they as i told you in my videos they're not going to debate me they're not going to answer my specific charges all they could do is attack me and what i was really surprised at is how much they attacked you john i've never seen it before where the interviewer is attacked more than the interviewee. I've never seen that before, but they're desperate.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're
1: desperate. It's like, uh, I'm going to quote a quote, not a a theologian here, but an old football coach named Chuck Knoll. He was the coach of the Steelers back in their glory days. He said this. He said, um, if they have to fool you, it's because they can't beat you with their best stuff. They're desperate. And that's exactly what you have. Hmm. They can't the specifics of my charges, what those professors wrote and what they said on videos. To this day, they can't answer that. They right. simply right. cannot answer that. They can't debate me in public. They can't say, "No, Fuller says you know this means this." No, it means something else. They can't do that because once they do that, they're going to look foolish, and they know it. So what they all they can do is attack John Harris. I mean, that's the best, and attack me personally. Oh yeah,
0: but it, it's what fine. And I so mean, this
1: is part this is part of the deception to make yeah. it sound like, oh no, we are totally against critical race theory and so forth, when in reality they are hiding people on their campus, like Matt Hall, like Jarvis Williams, and others, many others on that faculty who believe in social justice and critical race theory. Many people do.
0: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. But you know, every time they try this tactic, it's been tried on me a few times. I've seen it tried on others. It just, for whatever reason, you think you think it's going to hurt you bad. And then you get thousands of new subscribers and people that are flocking to, you know, they, they didn't know who you were. And now they do because, you know, you have a whole seminary attacking you. And, um, and, I, and, and you're very kind to say that they attacked me harder. I don't know. I mean, you were their friend for so many years. And I, some of the things I saw them, uh, especially online, writing about you just appalled me. Um, but you know, you're a good sport. I appreciate the fact that you, um, you cling to orthodoxy, you cling to your relationship with Christ over the relationship of men that you've known for years. And, uh, so, so with you, it seems like, uh, you, you know, fraternity does not trump orthodoxy, orthodoxy trumps fraternity. Um, so let's, let's bring it back to, uh, okay. to, to the main topic uh, today. I want to ask you some questions and there's more questions coming in as well. Um, we've talked a little bit about the possibility in the future, uh, and this is where I want people to kind of catch the vision here of doing, um, maybe like a, a modular model as well. So not just, uh, Zoom, but also having maybe facilitators at local churches that can take part in some of the instruction, um, and, uh, doing something where there's maybe an extension center, something along those lines. And we do have a question here, uh, about... I'm trying to find it now because there's so many coming in. Um, so uh, this is from Nick Forster. I'd love to hear Doctor Fuller articulate his understanding and training for ministry in the context of a local church. So what are you, what do you foresee uh, if this thing is successful as it's been right now and it grows? What do you see this h- how this playing out in a local church setting, training people?
1: Right. I, I would really like to connect with more churches directly where. Uh, We get together and um, share the burden of the the labor and the work. And I think this would be a very good thing. There's things I can teach you on Zoom, like on Hebrew, teach you, you know, the book of Jeremiah and so forth. And there's other courses I can teach you as well about the ministry. But I tell you what, you find you've got a faithful pastor out there doing the work of the ministry. Uh, I would like you to be able to work with him as well because... Listen, ministry, ultimately, is about people. It's not about books. We don't minister to books. We minister to people. And ultimately, that, that's what it's about. Ministry is about working with people and um, Watching the gospel really at work in their lives. And, you know, so we're talking about all sorts of things, whether it's, you know, hospital visitation um, Funerals, weddings, all those kinds of things. You know, there's so much you can learn uh, from books, but let me tell you what: there's a lot more you can learn from a pastor who's been in the ministry for many years, a good, faithful pastor, and how to how to deal with members who are who are uh, struggling, who are suffering, and who are going through good seasons as well. You know, and so I think it's important that um, that we ground this ministry more and more in local churches. This is one of the, the the advantages, I think, of this model, is that you don't have to leave your local church. You don't have to uproot, move to some other city, get a new job, find a new church. No, you can stay in the church where you're at right now. Continue faithful ministry there. Work closely with your pastor, connecting that with the classes. And again, I would really like a lot of the, you know, if if a, if a person from their church is taking a course, love for a pastor to come as well see what's being taught make sure that they're, they're uh, approving this as well so i would like a real close connection between pastors sunday school teachers and what we're doing and uh, i'm willing to talk to pastors to uh, make it uh you know very affordable for them to to do this
0: so if you're a pastor contact dr fuller and he can give you uh it sounds like what you're saying is is a good deal if you he wants to offer your courses to his uh, leaders or laymen at, at his church. Um, one of the things that I noticed when I was in seminary is there's a lot of courses I call the fluff courses that right. you have to take. And it, it sounds to me, and, and to give an example of that, like um, like I had to go through a spiritual disciplines course, right? It was about on a seventh or eighth grade level. Um, it was, you know, you'd have three hours sometimes in class and you walk away thinking I should pray. Praying is good <laughs> as a Christian, right? And, 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 some of those courses were very good, or some of the classes were very good. But at the same time, I knew how much I was paying for this. And I realized this is just something every Christian should know. This is something that is just part and parcel to being any kind of Christian, not just a you know a pastor. So, um, so I call those the fluff courses. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is that uh, you expect people to be adults, and you expect people to be um, committed Christians when they're trying to take your courses. They're not you don't have to hold their hand on everything and say, well, you ought to be praying. You ought to be, um, I'm sure you will bring that encouragement, but but that's oh, yeah. not part of the, the discipline that you're providing. You're providing more the academic rigor. Am I right on that?
1: Yes, but I do want to talk about those other issues, but they're, they're probably. I don't know if there'll be separate classes on those. We'll probably incorporate it in the other classes. And so as we're going through Jeremiah, we might talk about, hey, let's talk about using the book of Jeremiah in our prayer life. See, we'll 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 discuss things like that. And so I'm also wanting to kind of show people, hey, here's how I do. Here's how I would prepare a Sunday school class. And again, I'm not going to spend like three or four classes on this. I mean, we're talking maybe 10-15 minutes. I can show you, here's what I would do to prepare a Sunday school lesson or here's how I would do this. Not that the way I do it is the only way, and you you can take bits and pieces of how I do things to to fit it in the way you like to do things. But I wanna get into the how-tos. This is how I would do this, this is how I do that. Here's how I prepare a sermon on something like this. But again, it'd be short to the point, you know, but yet uh, the practical things I definitely want to uh, cover. Uh, Even though we may be going over technical things here and there, it's gotta get back to um, a lot of the practical things as well and so i'm going to be try i'm going to try to get uh, into the how to's here's how i do this here's you know you might want to do it a little differently fine but let me just show you how i do this right, let me show you how i work this
0: you're incorporating these into courses though on let's say jeremiah or you know some kind of other discipline that you're teaching you're not having like a whole course for why you know, it's good to, to try to live holy <laughs> and you shouldn't look at pornography right. and you shouldn't get drunk That's and you should, you know, um, you, you're, you're incorporating these things as you go. What are the courses uh, that you would, what are the core courses? Let's say if someone's going to either your theology classroom or they're going to another seminary and uh, they have, let's say, two semesters, what are the courses that you'd say, well, if you only have two semesters, take these courses. These are the ones you need.
1: If you just had two semesters, yeah, I would have you take like, uh, like survey courses, survey of the Old Testament, survey of the New Testament, and then take some English Bible courses. And then take. A, I'd like you to take a good solid theology course to ground your theology uh, really well in Scripture. And so those would be, that would be the core that I, I would uh, be looking for.
0: Hermeneutics, you, part of that? What was that? Hermeneutics would be part of that as well.
1: Yeah. See, we're going to do hermeneutics again. Uh, we might have a, a special course on hermeneutics, but again, we're going to do the how-to of hermeneutics and the as we're going through a book. You okay. See, or even the survey course, how we interpret things, uh, is going to be a, a major part of a survey course. And so, but down the road, if we if we expand large enough, we probably would have whole courses on hermeneutics. Because so there's so many controversies on it. Right. But uh, uh, I want to really stress the fundamentals, whether it's in the Old Testament, the fundamentals of the New Testament, fundamentals of theology. You know, I, I'm, uh, uh, I really like getting down to the real basics of something and really going deep on the basics. That's what I really like to do. Um, but if I had you for two years or let's say four semesters, and you really enjoyed language, I would like you to take like four semesters of Greek and Hebrew, because that's real fundamentals when you get to the languages. I like I like the languages a lot.
0: I know you do. <laughs> I know and, you uh, do. And so
1: I not, would do the languages, and they're not for everyone. Not everyone um,
0: shares your passion on that.
1: That's right. <laughs> but you know, some people uh, who think they don't have a a, a bug for that, uh, once they take it, sometimes they find out, hey, I really enjoy this. And so it's sometimes it's good to get a taste of it, just to right. see you may be surprised. You might uh, really discover that, you, that Greek and Hebrew is something that you really want to do. And again, to me, that is, that's ground floor uh, of theological training right there is the languages. And then if you like it, the top floor that's your theology, you see. So yep. you want to build your theology from the ground up, and that's what uh, we'd like to do.
0: So let's let's do some short answers here, if okay. we can, just because we have so many things coming in. Uh, recommendations for books on hermeneutics and Old Testament survey. What do you think? Uh,
1: for Old Testament survey, um, the, the book I'm going to use, even though we won't look at it uh, in class a lot, but it's, it's, it's just it's to supplement what I'm teaching. Is by a man named Schultz. Um, it's it's an old book. It's been out for many years, gone through many editions. Samuel Schultz, The Old Testament Speaks, and it's just a historical survey of the Old Testament. And uh, Samuel Schultz was, uh, a, a, I think, a very good teacher and a very uh, uh, orthodox man. He he really believed the Bible, so I really like I really appreciate that about him. You know, there's other good books on Old Testament, if you want to really get into critical issues, you know, people who are criticizing scripture, trying to tear it apart, like Gleason Archer's old uh, survey of Old Testament introduction goes into many of those issues. So if you really want to go into how people are criticizing scripture, I would look at a book like that. Kenneth Kitchen's book on the reliability of the Old Testament is good, but some of his views about inspiration and dating, I disagree with him on. But again, his overall arguments against many of the criticisms of Scripture are very valid. And so I think it's a very helpful book. I like that. For hermeneutics, um, you know, there was the old classic by Milton Terry on hermeneutics. Probably would look at a book like that one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> to me... Again, uh, I like what the Westminster Confession says, uh, and the Baptist Confession, uh, the Second London Confession, the infallible rule of interpretation of Scripture is the Scripture itself. And therefore, when there's a question, you know, about the true and full sense of any Scripture, which is not manifold, but one, it must be searched and known by other places that speak more clearly. And so there's my hermeneutic uh, in a a quick statement. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what i really like so I, I probably look back at the old classic by uh, milton terry that's a, that's a very good one good
0: good that's 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 good i have some people um asking about uh the the classes and when they start and some of the logistics of that i understand they're starting next week so if you want to sign yes. up you got to do it now right yeah <laughs> sooner the better yeah.
1: we will start uh august 31st and that's coming up on monday yep so uh, contact me as quickly as you can, and I'll get you ready to go.
0: As, as we wind down uh, this program as well, uh, I do have a scholarship for the person who can correctly identify um, where Russell Fuller is from. <laughs> what state is Russell was, was Russell Fuller born in? Um, I, I came up with that one off the top of my head, I'll be perfectly honest with you. But I, I'm intrigued by it because I think if someone met you uh And they didn't know where you were from; they wouldn't guess it right away. So anyway, let,
1: let me say this to you, John. I'm—I'll um, give a hint to our listeners. I, I'm talking to you from Kentucky, obviously, right. but I'm not from Kentucky. Okay.
0: And when people leave, forty-nine hear, states left. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's right. And when people <laughs> hear me speak, they—they they rarely catch where I'm from. I'll, I'll say certain words, and my my children will laugh at me because. There's certain words. If I say them, it does reveal where I'm from. I mean, in the sense of the broad area of, of the country. But I went to Jewish schools. Two of my schools I attended were Jewish schools, and I had one Orthodox rabbi as a professor. And I was reading in a, in a very—I uh, was reading a document in a language called Syriac, and all of a sudden he stopped me. He goes, "Whoa, whoa! Where are you from?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> So and
1: somehow my accent came out when I was reading this weird language and he figured out where I was from.
0: <laughs> so I got to tell you where people are guessing. Um, okay. Apparently a lot of people, uh, well, there's only four people have guessed. I shouldn't say a lot. So so people are, are guessing outside of the region that you're actually from. We got New Jersey, New York, um, <laughs> <laughs> Israel. Someone thinks you might be from Israel. Oh, uh, Minnesota, Missouri. And then, but someone I think got it, Alabama. Oh, Mrs. someone said Mississippi, Georgia. Now the South's coming Okay. There we in. Okay. go. Here we go. Idaho. Because okay. Words, um, words, all right. Like, Do the big reveal. Where are you from?
1: Yeah, I'm from, uh, I was born in downtown Atlanta. I was born at Baptist Hospital, downtown Atlanta.
0: Sweet home I, Alabama. I used to
1: live where Georgia Tech owns it now, but basically across, this, uh, across the interstate from uh, the Varsity restaurant. If, you, if you're from Georgia, you know what I'm talking about. I, I lived right across where Georgia Tech is right now, Georgia, uh, that, that school. And, uh, but if I say words like, of course, y'all gives me away, when I say jail, <laughs> Male. You spend a say, lot of
0: time in Louisiana, as I understand it, as well. That, my
1: children start laughing, Dad. It's jail. It's not jail. And so certain words, if I say it, it gives me away. And by the way, when I go home, and if I need my car worked on, if I if I speak like I do right now, they're going to charge me double. So I got to you know go into the <laughs> dialect a little bit to get the right uh, discount. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So someone says I'm from Georgia and almost guessed it as a joke. So it's not, uh, it's not Sweet Home Alabama. It's not Louisiana Saturday night. It's not uh, New York State of Mind or any of that. It's uh, Georgia on my mind. That's, uh, that's Russell Fuller. Now, so, and let me
1: say, if you listen to my sister talk, you would guess immediately where she was from. She got the blessing. I, I, I didn't get it. I don't know what happened, but my That's sister saw that
0: that uh, You Know
1: where my that, sister's?
0: From. That guttural <laughs> Hebrew just kind of drives it right out of you. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. So um, who was the first to guess Georgia? Let's see here. Uh, Richard Martin, I think, was the first to guess Georgia. So uh, Richard Martin, you can contact me um, on. Or it's actually not too hard to get a hold of me. You can even go to the Facebook page for Conversations That Matter. Just send a message there and identify yourself. Say I guessed it, and uh, we'll send you that two hundred and fifty dollars value. That's that's pretty good uh, for just guessing that you're from Georgia. Um, it, this is almost embarrassing, but for I know you've told me Georgia for some reason. When we, st- <laughs> I thought I had it in my head that you were from Alabama for some reason. I would have gotten this wrong. So uh, I, I I, that was a
1: great state, even though you know we Georgians and Alabamans we we go back and forth at each other. Alabama's yeah. a great state. Well, that,
0: that's a huge mistake, though, to, to say yeah. that you're from <laughs> Alabama right. when you're actually from Georgia. So I'm that's glad right. you My corrected son the now record lives there.
1: Lives in Louisiana, and of course, they're getting they're getting the hurricane pretty good down there. But he yeah. loves living in Louisiana. Let me tell you.
0: Yeah, I was about to um, give it to the person who guessed Alabama. So I'm glad you interjected there. So. <laughs> Um, so anyway, Georgia, Alabama, uh, it's all the same to people outside the South, but you know, there they don't re- understand the, the subtle differences here. That's, that's right. Um, all right. So <laughs> Richard Martin, Richard Martin is says, wow. So he's, uh, he's happy about that. Um, other questions about, uh, seminary stuff. Is it, are you going to offer it for women too, or is it just men? Someone asked that.
1: It's anybody who wants to take the course. Uh, Okay. I've got, uh,
0: so Martians are allowed, Balkans, Martians,
1: you name it. No, I've got a lot of uh, ladies that have already signed up for the courses. Some of them have signed up for my advanced Hebrew courses. And so, you know, I'm getting, um, and, and by the way, obviously, if you sign up and you've got homeschoolers in the house, of course, and, and basically, if you sign up, anybody that lives in your household can watch. It's not like if a husband and wife sign up, they both have to pay separately. No, no, no. Uh, we believe in uh, household salvation here. You know, we. <laughs> I'm not Presbyterian. But anyway, we, <laughs> they're
0: going to take that and rip it out of context and <laughs> That's right. use it to destroy it. You. Uh,
1: you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you so know, any anybody who wants to take the courses uh you're welcome you're welcome to take the courses
0: so here's another question uh what, what churches being receptive to this uh, now this is kind of this is so far down the road i mean you don't have to think about this quite yet but um you know maybe start thinking about it well, you're, you're successful already with how many people you brought in if this uh becomes more of an institution you have certificates how receptive our church is going to be to someone saying, "Hey, I, I did this theology, uh, this coursework with Dr. Russell Fuller and these other professors, and it's not accredited, but you know, he- here we go." Um, that's it's kind of a. I don't even know how to answer that question. That's kind of we don't know I, yet. We're we're on the know, ground when, floor of something new. It, so
1: I'm not familiar with the church that looks at somebody and goes, you know. Do you have an accredited degree? They usually don't look at that. Right. And uh, most folks don't realize, like seminary degrees. Sometimes seminary degrees are like uh, some of the seminary degrees today are like one year. You know. And that's oh, I know. It.
0: I know it's
1: it. Three or four years, and so it, you know. L- let me tell you this: you're going to get the same material um, that you would get at an accredited institution. But let me tell you, accreditation drives up the cost. And when you look at some of these schools that are accredited, it shows you that accreditation is not what it's made out to be at all. OK, there's some schools that are are teaching almost nothing. And by the way, look at these secular schools that have accreditation and they have things like women's studies, gender studies. (laughs) You know, these are not even real majors, you know, black studies. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, this is these are this is sad, you see. No, you're gonna get the, the real stuff here. And I think over time, uh, what I hope is that people who've taken courses with us, we, we hope they're gonna be, you know, obviously solid in the faith, that they've grown in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior in grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we hope that those who take these courses will be faithful and that churches will find that the people who have taken these courses have done very well in ministry. And uh, that's, that's, that's the ultimate test right there. If these people do well in ministry absolutely. and um, uh,
0: yeah. that's, that's
1: my prayer. Uh, not just, not just good in the pulpit. Yeah. We want you to be good in the pulpit, but you've got to be a real minister to people on a personal level and uh, as, and a good uh, pulpiteer as well.
0: If I could just interject on that as well. I know when I first went to seminary uh, I went to Master's seminary the first semester, this was over 10 years ago, I guess now, uh, or maybe, maybe about 10 years ago, I was told, um, go to the seminary that has the kind of church that, that would be a feeder for the kind of church you want to go into. And that was, so it's a networking thing. You go to seminary because of the networks, uh, that you can form. And so that's part of the reason I went to master's. And it's part of the reason I then transferred eventually to Southeastern was because I, at the time, (laughs) I didn't realize the great woke apocalypse was coming. Uh, I, I thought, Hey, I'd love to be, uh, pastoring at a Southern Baptist church. And um, and so that was kind of the model. I think that that's changed though. I think the networking thing has, um, like I said, that's that's why we're we're forming right now. I know um, someone who who is I'm working with them to try to form a new network because um, people have lost faith in the institutions, which is not a good right. place to be. To be honest with you, it's not just seminary; it's like all institutions, and and things are really breaking down. And so what we're trying to do is form a new network and. Uh, and you know, even something as basic as, "Hey, did you sign the Dallas Statement?" I mean, that's a huge dividing line now. It is. And uh, and and you and, and Russell Fuller, you famously did sign that statement. I happen to know. Um, so people who would take your courses, and if they wanted to go to a church, they would say, "Hey, I'm I'm with Russell Fuller. I'm I went to the this theology classroom, and and that's going to form its own network organically. It doesn't that's doesn't right. even take an institution to do it.
1: And let me say this to you, John. Even if a guy takes me, let's say for four years. And has a certificate, has my highest certificate, and goes to a church. I would tell, still tell that church, you check this candidate out well. You, you uh, listen to his sermon, asking difficult questions about what he believes and where he stands on uh, current issues of like social justice or whatever the issue will be in four years. You know, don't assume that simply because a person studied with me, they're sound in the faith. You can't assume any of these things today. And uh, so we all have to sort of keep each other honest, and uh, this is a constant vigilance, constant. The Bible constantly tells us to be on our guard and to watch, and just like the, the old hymn writer, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, that's true of us as individuals, that's true of us as churches, as denominations, as associations it's so easy to do that. And um, we can do that in our own life. After after I have prayer in the morning and so forth, you just wait. By three o'clock, I may be, may be drifting a bit, you know? Yeah. That's real life. And when Paul talked about... Well, I see Paul's the author of Hebrews, I'm sorry. But as, as, mm-hmm. as Hebrews talks about the... Um, we, we float away. You know, it, it, you, you think you're you're not moving away from the gospel, and it can happen just like when you're in the water and the ocean. You've moved. You didn't think you moved. You didn't think you right. moved at all. And this is the way it is. We are either growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, or we're drifting away. And it's so easy to drift away as individuals, churches, denominations, associations, And so we have to help each other. That's why we church is so important. That's why all of our Christian associations are so important. We've got to keep each other uh, going in the same direction and not drifting away. Yeah.
0: Well, that was a good word. I want to end this with a few um, uh, more lighthearted questions for you that are that can be just one word answers. Uh, Favorite preacher.
1: Favorite preacher? Um, you know, the, the people I like to read. So if you go back in history. There's
0: more than one word. I
1: mean. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> if I, if right. I go back in history, it'd probably be someone like Thomas Brooks or, or uh, John Owen. But uh, a modern guy today that I, I would really respect is a man like John MacArthur.
0: John MacArthur. There you go. I was waiting for sorry, it. I knew you'd say word, that now you blacklisted yourself uh, yeah. for, for saying, <laughs> yeah, someone wants to know why you didn't say uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones. I, I I don't know. Oh, the, excellent
1: but, pick, yeah. excellent pick. Everyone's oh, got absolutely.
0: their picks. So I was going to say, uh, uh, I was going to ask a, favorite Puritan, but you gave that away as well.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I lo- the Puritans are my favorite. If you look behind me, you see a gown. If I remove that gown, you'll see a whole a listing of Puritans uh, uh, back there. Thomas Manton, really like his works and uh, others, but I've got rows and rows of Puritans, and uh, th- they're the guys that uh, I like the most. And Let me just tell you why. I know it's not one word. <laughs> they didn't just study Scripture. They lived Scripture. They mm. lived it, I mean, by faith. They were. They, that's the real secret. The real secret to the gospel is living it by faith. When you live the gospel and by the power of the gospel, that's the real deal right mm. there. Not just learning facts. You know, all I can do to you in these classes is put facts in your head. It takes the Holy Spirit to put it in your heart. And you've got to truly live this stuff out. That's the real secret. That's the, that's the, that's the secret sauce right there, John.
0: All right. Favorite era of history to study outside the Bible?
1: Yeah, the reformers and the Puritans, no doubt. But I should have excluded them too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so I'm going to get. So I'm giving the quick number two. Basically, the time from Athanasius through Augustine and, and a mm-hmm. little after that as well, because those are the guys. and Let me tell you this: that putting together the Trinity as well as they did, and the person and work of Christ, in many ways, that's even superior to the the reformers in many ways in the, in the teachings. And so. Now, look, I think they were off in certain things on the church, but putting together the Trinity and the person of Christ like they did was absolute genius of interpretation. So those guys, um, I, I tip my hat to them. I mean, I, I could live, you know, 50 generations and not touch what they did. They, they did marvelous work.
0: What about American history? Favorite figure from American history that inspires you? Oh, I'm narrowing it because you're just gonna go off in some theological direction. So you're probably gonna pick someone theological from American history, that's okay, but.
1: Boy, you know, I mean, in my lifetime, I will say probably someone like Ronald Reagan. I really appreciated Ronald Reagan in many ways as, as president of our country.
0: Um, Good pick. From the I state of California, great- my home state. I so I say appreciate say
1: something that's gonna get me a little bit in trouble out there, but you know, look, I'm mean, like Robert E. Lee. Was a great Christian man.
0: That's right yeah. up there with John MacArthur. Now you're really in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you, Robert Lee Lee was a, a man of, of great uh, integrity, uh, a wonderful, not a perfect man. Uh, he had flaws and so forth. Um, a, a guy like um, uh, Jonathan Edwards, but I'm getting theological
0: now. That's but, okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, these, these are great men. There's, there's plenty, and I'm sure if people brought up names, say, oh, yeah, that, that's a better choice. But right now, that's what's coming to my mind.
0: <laughs> so uh, favorite sports team?
1: uh i've really soured on sports recently obviously but all right. growing uh, up who did you like growing up the atlanta falcons
0: okay all right true to your your home region there so yes that's cool all right uh favorite hobbies favorite thing to do when you have free time if you ever do what do you like to do
1: i'm uh i like to exercise so i, I do a lot of exercising
0: like running uh, cardio like what what kind of
1: yeah, I do uh, all of that. I, I do a lot of cardio, but I do also a lot of, you know, uh, other things as well. So uh, a lot of exercising. Uh, I like to hit a golf ball from time to time. Uh, not very, not I'm not very good at it, but I do like to swing the clubs from time to time. And so, yeah, but I haven't hit a golf ball in two years now. So I need to become president of the United States. I understand they get to play golf a whole lot more than I do. I don't understand that. But uh, um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I haven't hit a golf ball in about two or three years, but I really do enjoy playing golf when I get a chance.
0: All right. Favorite barbecue style.
1: Uh, just, I guess pulled pork. I don't know. I don't eat a lot of barbecue.
0: <gasps> what? I'm a All big right. fish I withdraw guy. my endorsement. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a big fish guy. Oh, you're a fish. Is that your favorite type of food? Oh, is no question. Salmon? Fish what, what do you like?
1: Fish is cooked right. Uh, crab cakes. Hmm. If they're done right uh it's, it's very good so you should have been cake. raised
0: in maine or something
1: well you know i you know i was in maryland for a while i didn't live there but uh was teaching there on and off and uh, they do some pretty good stuff there uh they do well on their fish there
0: nice and, uh, well i don't so, you know i don't know if Georgia's is actually known for i mean they have barbecue in georgia there's no doubt Yeah, uh, look in
1: georgia like, like a couple of nights ago i had uh, beans and collard greens and i still think that's one of the greatest meals you can actually have <laughs>
0: Beans and, and collard greens. Butter beans? Uh, what kind of beans? Just, uh, beans I usually beans.
1: pinto beans, but I'll eat almost any kind of beans. Yeah. I love beans and I love collard greens. Yeah, what, Absolutely. Sweet. I, eat, I, I eat southern food. but I don't eat deep fried food, but I, you know, I eat southern food quite a bit.
0: <laughs> oh, I eat deep fried food. I mean, I just, I, I like around 12 oh, you o'clock. Can get
1: away with it. You can in get fact, away
0: with it. it's happening now. I'm starting to think about Bojangles. I just start thinking Bojangles. <laughs> some sweet tea, some good Cajun chicken, man, that, that'd that be really nice right about now. And this yeah. is an anthem in the Christian community, but I, I don't go to Chick-fil-A anymore. I used to think like, cause I was raised in upstate New York. So you go down South, I had a lot of family in Mississippi and it's all Chick-fil-A until I went to Bojangles and now it, it all changed for me. But um, but that's I digress, we're supposed to be about you. So yeah, yeah. Um, th- so those are some interesting things uh, that I just wanted to get have people sort of meet you, uh, get to know your personality a little bit and uh, anything you want to add. Uh, serious or non-serious before we end the broadcast?
1: Well, again, I'd just like to invite people uh, to join me. Again, it's uh, $250, uh, you know, and it'll be a 12-week course. We'll finish right uh, the week before Thanksgiving. Again, contact me. John, I really appreciate what uh, you're doing in your ministry. I think it's helping a lot of people. And, John, I think what sets you apart is all the research you do. And I really appreciate the research that you bring to the issues that you do. And uh, again, I appreciate you, you, John. I appreciate the viewers out there who are standing for the true gospel. And uh, you're making a difference in your churches and uh, in our society, because our society right now, tell you what, we need some real faithful Christians right now. And I really appreciate those out there who are doing that. And uh, Mm. you're true heroes of the faith right now to me. I mean, we really are living in an age of apostasy. And to see uh, many of your viewers standing up for the truth, wonderful thing.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Fuller. That means a great deal. I praise God for them. Absolutely. Praise God for them. You're an inspiration to me uh, to see your bravery after seeing, I mean, so many men that I thought I believed in that, you know, and to find out that I couldn't really believe in them, they weren't principled men and to see that principled men do exist. And you're a living, walking example of that. So I appreciate you standing firm and, uh, being immovable on the truth. Um, I did just post the website again in the channel. So if people want to sign up for uh, Dr. Fuller's courses this coming semester, you can get on, on the ground floor of this, which I would highly recommend. Uh, is there a place that people can go if they just want to support you? They say, I don't want to take a course, but I'd like to donate to this project. I want to expand uh, this theology classroom. Is there a place they can go?
1: Uh, not right now, but I'm working on a Gomi fund for this purpose. Okay. And just if you just want to donate, I, I'm working on that right now. I'm hoping maybe in the next few weeks to have a, a thing on my website where you could just donate to, to what we're doing if you just want to donate. Uh, obviously, I'd appreciate it. But uh, I know these are difficult times for folks. And uh, But anything you could do to uh, support this ministry would be greatly appreciated. But again, I, I you know, it, it's, it's difficult times that we live in right now. But uh, the Lord will take care of us all.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Once again, God bless you and uh, enjoy the rest of your day then. All right. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. I hope you get some good fish or something. I don't know. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.